0: Always remember to consult with your physicians before making any changes to your current treatment plan.
1: That's the first step you have to learn to breathe. You can calm yourself and then after you come, you have to start thinking. Do you have the results of the exams? No. Do you have the results of the biopsy? No. Do you have the results of the medulla? No. Okay, so until today at 11.33 a.m., your child has nothing.
0: Hello, and welcome to Living with Anxiety with Rosaria Cozar. Today, we have a survivor, Sergio Gabaldoni, that will speak to hope and the will never to give up while faced with the words like, it is time to stop the fight from doctors. At the age of 15, he battled leukemia in a foreign country with his mother at his side, not even familiar with the language. While in the United States, he underwent a bone marrow transplant that is all too common for many pediatric cancer patients. However, a new therapy came to light in the United States, and his team of doctors, oncologists, and more felt like He was a candidate. So please listen as we speak to hope, willpower, and courage in today's episode. So with that said, Sergio, I welcome you to Living With Anxiety. Thank you,
1: Rose. Thank you for having me.
0: Most certainly. And you went through this as a young teen, and you have now become a motivational speaker. What would you say to the parent out there listening to help them get through this?
1: Well, always when I talk with parents is, first of all, whatever you feel, your child feels it too. So um, a couple of months ago, I, I, I was talking with a mom, and she was desperate because the doctors told her that maybe she had the blastoma or whatever, and she was like almost hyperventilated, you know? And I was okay, stop. You have to stop right now. I call her and I said, okay, listen to me. First of all, you have to breathe. That's the first step. You have to learn to breathe. You can calm yourself. And then after you calm, you have to start thinking. Do you have the results of the exams? No. Do you have the results of the biopsy? No. Do you have the results of the medulla? No. Okay, so until today at 11.33 a.m., your child has nothing. So stop passing this anxiety to her. That's the first step. Everything is connected. And the child, if, he, if uh, he's or she's one month, one week, two years, 12 years, 30 years, they feel it. We always feel when our mom or our dad are upset, when they are sad, we feel it. So it's really important that our parents are prepared to change their attitude. They have to change it.
0: Absolutely. And what are your feelings on parents comparing their child to another child with cancer? Whether it be the same cancer or different.
1: And I think that that's a really important thing for parents to to feel okay, let's go further. No, I, I wanna see what the other patient did because we are all different. And that's also another thing that I'm very um hard on them because they're always, how did you got saved? Where hospital? Where hospital did you go? And, and doing all these questions, I'm like, stop. You have to think that we are all different. What they did to me may not be the same for your child. And you have to think that you are special. You are very special.
0: And speaking of special, you went from... Peru to Texas to get more treatment, but you found out that you relapsed, and then you got a infection, septicemia, and what happened after that, and how were you feeling, and how did you move on to gain this positive sense of, I can still go on, even... Though you felt as if you exhausted everything because the doctors simply told you you weren't going to make it.
1: I was more scared of my mom than of the leukemia. Uh, She told me uh, some wise words that I use until today when I give speeches. And she was, Okay, you wanna die. You wanna go to Peru. So you're gonna throw out. All the effort, all the work, and all the, the, um, the hard working that we've been done for you. And I don't think so. I don't think so because you have to think like you are in the sea and there's a rescue boat that is giving you a life jacket. But you don't want that life jacket. You want another one from another boat. And uh, you have to take the opportunity because this is, this is the last one you'll ever have. And I think uh, at that point, I realized what my mom was saying. And I said, okay, but I don't wanna know anything that could happen with this thing. And that's how we started. And I said, okay, I'll sign the papers. At that time, I was 16 years old Uh, And the doctors and everyone said, okay, you have to sign the papers because if you don't sign them, we're not going to touch you. And uh, they told me, okay, we're going to come in the next day with the papers, with the lawyers, or I don't remember who was reading. And they told me, we have to read you the contract and we have to read you the um, side effects, the possible side effects. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. You can read to whoever it wants. I'm just going to sign them. And they told me, no, you have to read them. You have to listen to them. I'm like, I don't want to know what could happen with this thing. I don't want to go knowing all this stuff that you're going to tell me. So it's not going to happen. So that day came and I was using my headphones and listening to music while this uh, pretty lady was uh, reading the contract and I was just, Signing all the 200, 100 papers, I don't remember how many were, and my parents were listening to everything and signing papers too. And that's how we got to, uh, that's how I got to be the second person in the world to get a core blood expanded mother cells uh, transplant. And we started free. I was the only pediatrics that was starting in this protocol, and as I think I know, uh, the other two guys or girls, I I don't know, they didn't make it. So I I think I'm I'm the only one that survived that.
0: Wow, you must be so thankful, but at the same time, uh, my heart goes out to those families that lost their children. Your mother... Is amazing and she really made you think about that lifeline that was out there following the septicemia, which yes. almost took your life. So I'm so happy to be able to sit here with you because of yes. your mother
1: and the septicemia.
0: <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yes, that's why I always tell people you cannot complain because you never know. They could be worse, so never complain about anything that's going on. Trust me, <laughs> I've done that. I had that. I, I had so many things going on. But at
0: the same time, you're such a positive person and I can see how today you're a motivational speaker.
1: I no, For me, it's not that much. It's just um, telling my story. So, and I have fun with it and, and well, it's time to turn to tell it to all the world.
0: Well, that said, what exactly is your story beyond what we've discussed? Well,
1: you know that, um, it's been almost 17 years since my transplant, but I have just realized that I was living a dream. And uh, because I, I'm about to finish writing my book, um, I've been reliving and reliving and reliving everything again. And uh, after 16 years, I can tell you that I haven't been living my, my life. I have been living a, a life, my life in a dream to protect myself from everything that was around me or surrounding me. And uh, since the beginning, when, when I uh, got blind, and when, I, when they diagnosed me with leukemia, and I was like, oh, I thought I, can- I had cancer, and my dad was like, it's cancer, how can you not know? And I'm like, oh, okay, don't worry. And we started talking about other things. And since that moment, I think my, my mind, started to protect me.
0: Definitely. You know that's one coping skill that a lot of people take and they don't even realize it. So I'm not surprised and I feel so bad and that you had to go through this trauma, but you're coming out on top it seems by sharing your story through a book and also as a motivational speaker and that's just so remarkable. Um, and I have so much thanks to you, and how can we reach out to you after this episode airs?
1: Um, well, they, they can contact me and, and write to me whenever they want. I have people from all the world uh, write to me or ask me questions or, or things like that, and you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook, and uh, it's my name, Sergio Gavaldoni. I think you will have to spell it. <laughs> Nobody will know it. You have to write it.
0: Well, I'll make sure they know it. So it'll be on my Instagram. You can connect with him that way. Or it'll also be on my Facebook, Twitter, and um, other social media outlets that I utilize. And my webpage, uh, org. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sergio, and I really appreciate your time.
1: Yeah, don't worry. Thank you for, for transmitting it to other people.
0: My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Living With Sky Anxiety with your host, Rosaria Cozar. Visit my website at www.livingwithanxiety.org, And please remember to subscribe to my podcast.